0: Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention, with your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Welcome everybody to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD and disorganization, insights. Um, I'm very excited about uh, getting into the content of today's show, but before we do that, a few announcements. First, the uh, 2019 annual Con- – excuse me, the annual international conference on ADHD is going to take place November the 7th through the 9th in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That's in the year 2019. Um, It's being put on by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, the Attention Deficit Disorder Association, and the ADHD Coaches Organization. So it's kind of like a mega conference. Um, There's a lot of great content uh, on our show. We're very proud of it. And there's a lot of great content at the conference. Uh, But I have to tell you, the conference outweighs our show in as much as there's so much learning that goes on in and among your tribe uh, when you're able to talk to other people that are experiencing the ADHD plight. Here's some tips and tricks that they have. Talk to speakers in the hallway, lunch, etc. If you can, if you can even try to make it, I encourage you to consider it. Uh, It's something that just you've got to try at some point in time. Uh, To learn more about it, go to chadd.org and you can actually sign up there. Um, Our show tonight is being brought to you uh, by children and adults with attention. Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Um, And in celebration, we're offering two free digital copies of Attention Magazine. All you have to do is listen to our show. Uh, We're going to share a secret word a couple times to the show. Write it down. Listen to another show. Listen for the secret word. Write it down. And then email me the two words. um, And my email address is attention at attention. talkradio.com we will forward that on to uh, chad and uh, we'll get them to you again there'll be the current copy of the magazine that's out in pdf form and then the next copy that we'll be sending out um chad is um uh, this is the show is being brought to you by chad we've got a little tip that we're going to run and then we'll get into the show are you looking for the latest tools treatments and strategies to help manage adhd Join CHAD at the 2019 Annual International Conference on ADHD, November 7 to 9 in Philadelphia. Connect with people who share your concerns.
1: Take home new
0: ideas and action plans for a healthier and stronger life. Register today. Visit CHAD.org. That's C-H-A-D-D dot org. Again, thank you, CHAD, and for that great spot on, on uh, on the upcoming conference. Uh, For those that don't know, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. Uh, We encourage all of our members to either – excuse me, all of our listeners to either become members or to donate to the organization. Um, A strong Chad financially is a strong ADHD community. They're the ones that are advocating on our behalf on Capitol Hill, different regulatory agencies, and in and around the world. So, um, if you're not a member, I can I encourage you to go uh, check it out at chadd.org. Uh, make a contribution if uh, you're not interested in the mentor benefits, but just uh, it's really important that we support them. So, okay. All right. Let's move forward. Um, I've been an ADHD coach for oh, well over 10 years. Um, it's actually even kind of hard to believe this show has actually been running weekly for over 10 years. Um, it's been quite a journey. Um, the one thing that I have learned in my uh, – in my years of this work, is that mindset is everything. Um, It's really how your mind is set up to think that really drives, uh, I guess, really what you see, what you filter. And the word disorganization is a word that's often associated with people with ADHD. And I will have to tell you, we do live in a very appearance-based world. Uh, Recently, I stumbled into a quote, which is kind of one of my favorites right now because I think it illustrates things, and that is, the sun does not rotate around the earth. But without the right technology, it looks like it does you know simplistically back before uh Galileo or whatever um we actually thought the sun we were the center of the universe, now we have the technology and realize that we don't and often um uh well often just more often than not again we're just appearance based people, and the thing that I've learned about coaching is that uh I need to change my mindset. And so years ago when I first started looking for how people were organized and what they did right, it was fascinating to me. And I finally have become to where I can begin to articulate this a little bit better, which is what this show is all about. And I had the great fortune of my older son graduating from college several months ago with a a degree from the University of Florida in industrial engineering. And I've listened to him uh, and some of the projects that he's done at a consulting firm. And it was fascinating to me because when I'm coaching people and they say they want coaching on some type of organization or some new system, I've always said, well, first of all, let's look at how your existing organization system is. And they insinuate – I mean they insist to me that they're not organized. And so I've always, I've always thought, well, no, you are organized. It just doesn't look like what you think it is, and we actually have to kind of map that out. And as I've done that over a period of time, often we find that there's a really good organization system that's there that just has to be tweaked. So as time went on, I began to articulate it's very similar. Whenever um, an industrial engineer is going to go revamp a system, they've got to go in and they've got to understand the existing process, the existing organizational system in order to identify what disconnects are and, uh, and really kind of move forward. And so part of this show is is really to try to shift your mindset a little bit um, to actually begin to look at where you're actually organized and why you're organized the way that you are, because if you don't really pay attention to that and those clues, you're really, really going to kind of struggle. So today is is going to be a little bit of an eclectic mix of uh, just some examples of what this looks like to kind of get you thinking a little bit and uh, see how that kind of plays out. So first, years ago, I did a show called Ugly Organizational Strategies, and later I actually wrote an article for Attention Magazine on the topic, and what occurred to me, or if you will, the technology that I was using is I think most people, when they look at organization, they associate it with pretty. Certainly, when you go into a grocery store or something, it's, there's rows and columns and labels, and it's actually really, really pretty. But I get, began to realize is that organization actually can be ugly. The, the definition the technology or the concept that I use is if you know where it is, I don't care what it looks like. It's organized. <clears throat> It's a tongue-in-cheek thing. The article I did in Tension Magazine had a picture of my garage work desk, and it's just piles of stuff everywhere. But ironically, if you asked me for almost anything, I could walk up and put my hands on it. And so as a result of that, I found a lot of people with ADHD have some really good organizational systems that just don't look very pretty. Um, now, what does that look like, and how do you go map that stuff out? Let's say you have a pile of papers on your desk. Um, you might recognize is that on the right corner might be personal stuff, stuff, and the left corner might be more business-related stuff. Believe it or not, that's a, that's, that's a bit of organization. Um, you might actually have a bunch of stuff on the floor in different kinds of piles. Typically, I find the piles are related to some particular topic. Again, that's an organizational system. So let's talk about why you actually have all that stuff there because you have to begin to sit there and say, okay – if I do have an ugly organizational system, why do I need that? Well, one of the most important things that I've learned from Dr. Russell Barkley is what we call pop, point of performance. And that is is often, um, if you're somebody with ADHD and you want to get something done, you need everything there that's, that's point of performance. Um, and let me give you an example of that. I've coached people that need to send like a a Mother's Day card or something like that, and it takes them forever to get it out of the house because the stamps are in a room somewhere. They don't exactly know where it is. The address is in another place, and the card they don't even have. When you think about that, there's three things that has to get done, all of them to be time-consuming, and so they have a tendency to put it off um, until it's a little bit more convenient, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So and needless to say is number one is a lot of times – uh, things are out because you use them right then and they at point of performance like maybe post-its or passwords or staplers or just all kinds of stuff that actually is on the desk. We also know that working memory is a bit of a challenge for people with ADHD, and um, it's hard for them to retrieve a thought or an idea or something that they're supposed to do kind of out of thin air. And often what we find is that there's a visual prompt for them, or they remember to do things. When they see something visual, it prompts them. It reminds them to do that. So, a lot of times people will put stuff out and not put it away because if they put it away, they might as well just throw it away uh, because it's so out of sight, out of mind. They'll just, I mean, again, it's, 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 it's really akin to really kind of getting rid of it until they stumble into it by accident 10 years later. And so, a lot of times, a lot of things are left out um, as visual reminders. So, we have stuff that 's out as visual reminders in different places, but the problem with this is is because the people with a d h d that might be visual and need those reminders if you rem- if you leave everything out everything out that you need to be reminded to do, it gets pretty overwhelming and because it comes invisible after a while so as I described, they have an organizational system they're putting the things out as visual reminders, if you will um, and it's there, but there's so much so much stuff it there they really get kind of overwhelmed at it and so when I'm coaching people what I've learned is we don't set up a whole new organizational system because everything is really kind of organized for this particular crowd what you need to do is manage the visual clutter a little bit more and so examples of that I've had before where somebody took a bookcase and they took their piles off of their desk and they put it on the bookcase and we put a curtain over it Um, that the, the piles were still there. The to-dos were still there, but we would open the curtain in order for them to see it and close it, so we'd actually schedule it. Now, granted, a lot of times the curtain was left open, but if they were feeling overwhelmed and a little bit of a panic, they would kind of close it, and it's amazing actually how that would help. Another thing that's very common for people with ADHD is they have piles and stuff all around their desk and around the floor. Again, these are reminders, um, and it's a, it, it helps their working memory. There's been many times where I've coached some people where we had to go to Walmart or Sam's you just get a table um, to put the stuff out on so that it's not all over the floor because you can spread out a little bit more. Um, as an aside, um, there's a lot of people with ADHD that find they have stuff spread all over the dining room table. And, um, again, it's an organizational system, which we've done a lot of shows on working memory and, and uh, a great show that I did with Dr. Russell Barkley talking about working memory as comparison to a GPS but at the end of the day, you spread all that stuff out so that you can see it. Particularly if it's paper, what happens is that's really a workspace. But if you've got to use the dining room table, often what they'll do when a panic, they'll just grab everything that's organized-ish on the table and stuff it into a box. And it's very difficult for them to bring it back out and organize it again, or put it back into those piles. And because of that friction, if you will, of bringing it all back, it creates a self-regulation issue, meaning they never do it because it's really kind of too much work. So. For those people that have those, those all that stuff spread out over the uh, dining room table, one of the ideas is in an office or something like that, we spread out a table, and it's there really kind of on purpose. Again, not very sightly, but it's very, very functional for them. Remember, function is really important. And I'm going to digress. I'm going to tell a little story here uh, for a second to illustrate this before uh, we go to break. I was literally coaching a couple one time, uh, I know this sounds kind of crazy, but there's all kinds of topics that are kind of interesting that I coach, and their dining room table is the best. And I asked them what was on it, and uh, after about 10 minutes of talking, we found out there was mail on it, and there was different uh, consumer products, and among other things. And I I, I re- began to realize that the dining room table was relatively close to the door that they came into the house all the time. And somewhere in the process, I said, "Well, where are you going to put a sorting table?" And they said, "What?" I said, where are you going to put a sorting table? They said, we don't need a sorting table. I said, well, from what it sounds like is whenever you get the mail or you go to Target and you bring in detergent toilet paper, when you walk in the house, by the way, it's natural to drop everything on most of the, the closest flat surface to the door. And uh, everything that comes in the door, it's, that's where it sits, waiting to be sorted to be sent to the rest of the house. And if you want that to be your dining room table, you need to set up a sorting table um, as an alternative relatively close to the door. It was really, really kind of fun because uh, there was dead silence for about 75 seconds, and all of a sudden, they changed the name name of the dining room table to the sorting table and declared that it had been working perfectly. Now, let's digress for a second. It was ugly because there was piles of stuff all over it. However, um, when we took a look at functionally, it was where everything got parked before it got sorted and taken to the different parts of the house. That is an organizational system. It's not that they're disorganized. It's that they use that. That's a part of their daily living. If we're going to make some adjustments to that, we're just not going to clean it up and stick it in other places. They have to acknowledge it and say, listen, let's set up another sorting table so that stuff to go, that will free up the space for the dining room table. Again, this might be a little bit of a shock to you, but we're changing the way we think about things, and we're trying to understand the why behind what's going on. So I want to go to a break real quick. Our secret word tonight is disorganization. Again, our secret word tonight is disorganization. I'm Jeff Copper, again, the host but my, my coaching practice. You can look me up at digcoaching.com if this stuff intrigues you. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk Radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemcguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around twenty five thousand dollars. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit TimeTimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a great conversation about disorganization, and I'm trying to help you guys change your mindset a little bit. Um, to actually recognize that you actually are organized you'd be dead if you weren't organized but we have to begin to make some observations and when we do this we're starting to uncover some things that are a little bit unexpected and I brought in last before the break told a story about the dining room table because there's a certain amount of functionality out there that uh, if you have ADHD you've got to deal in a more functional world and with the dining room table store you might not seemingly have a place um, if you live in an apartment for a sorting table, but just saying that you're going to put it all away and adhere to that, I think that you'll find because of self-regulation issues, you're going to have a real problem adhering to that because it's, it's repetitive and boring to pull that stuff out and remember it, and it's just going to make your ADHD a little bit more challenging. So you have to be uh, creative and problem-solve on this. That's why a lot of the organizational systems that you adopt, they don't really work because they're not dealing with the heart of the issue. Um, again, in a, in a situation we could have gotten everything off the dining room table, but they would go right back to where they were because that's where everything got dumped when it walked into the house to wait to be sorted. Okay, let me do another story here about organization so that we can begin to map out the existing system, and then we can figure out what works. So I had the good fortune uh, a summer or two ago to coach a college kid in the summertime, and I don't do college kids in the summertime unless they're working, but he did have a job. And one day, uh, the topic was keeping this room clean. And I have to be honest with you. I'm like, dude, you don't really want to be coached on that. That sounds like something your parents want. He says, well, they do. And I go, but you don't care. And he goes, well, I need to care. And I said, listen, I, I, I can't coach something if it's not resonating with you. But he, no, no, no. He said, go ahead, try it. I said, all right. Again, I'm going to map the current system. And he said, I need to get my, keep my room clean. I said, well, what's the problem? He said, I've got all kinds of shirts and clothes all over the floor. I said, how do they get there? He said, well, often I go over to my closet, and I'll try a shirt on and decide I don't want to wear it, and I just throw it on the ground. And I grab another shirt, and so it's on the ground. And I said, okay, well, that's great. So let's, how does it get back onto your hanger? He says it doesn't. Like, I said, yeah, it does. He says, it doesn't. He said, well, I'm not organized to do that. And I said, dude, do me a favor. Go look in your closet. He looked in this closet. and said, what do you see? I see clothes on hangers. I said, great. Do you see a bunch of shirts on hangers? He said, yeah. He said, how would they get there? He said, my mom put them there. All right. Well, how'd your mom put them there? Well, she just grabs everything that's on the floor, and she cleans it, and then she comes back, and she sticks it on a hanger. And I'm going, wow, man, that's a flawless system. You think she would do it for me? And he was taken back by it. I said, that's a spectacular system. It looks like it works all the time. And so he started like, well, yeah, I guess it is a system. And I go, why would you want to do anything other than that? And he goes, well, it's not fair to my mother. I go, well, you know, so you have to deal with a little bit of complaining here and there, your honor. sounds like a small price to pay. I mean I'd love it if your mom came and did it to me. It's a great system for you. He goes, but it's not fair to her. I said, well, I understand that, but it's still, it's a, it's a great system for you. You don't have to worry about it. And he started kind of chuckling about it, and it was kind of funny. I actually think I, I kind of struck a chord with him, which, by the way, if you're a parent, it doesn't always happen with a high school kid or college kid, but he's like, well… Huh? And I said, well, let's let's talk about what the issues are, and what we began to determine is putting a, a shirt back on a hanger is a repetitive and boring task. It's tedious to do that, and that's the barrier. Now, we can sit here all day long and say that's what he should do, and we can say that, and his, clo- his room will be a mess for as long as we can talk. So we're not really dealing with reality. So anyway, through the coaching process, we began to realize there was too many steps associated with that. And furthermore, the chester drawers is even worse. So in question, we, we devised a plan where he got four baskets, I think it was, one for shirts and one for pants and shorts, one for socks and underwear, and the other one for dirty clothes. Notice that they're baskets. He just drops them in. There's no putting on a hanger. There's no opening them drawers. So everything was kind of sorted, categorized. Now, here's what's really pretty cool, because I love it. This is all Dr. Barkley stuff, is that. When you organize, you either have to organize it up front or you have to organize it in the back. So organizing it and put on the hangers and maybe color-coding it when you want something, you can walk up and grab it. There's a certain amount of work that you have to do to set all that stuff up, or you can just leave it in a pile. Then when you need something, you have to sort through to find out what you're looking for. Either way, you've got to do work on the front side or the back side. If you're the type of person that likes to be able to walk up and grab it quick, then it's good to have everything where it is. But imagine if you don't use something, you spend a lot of time putting it in that place and you never used it. That was a waste of energy and time. I mean, think about it. On the other side is if, if you have a pile of stuff, maybe paperwork and you, and you never have to see it, then it's great. You never did that work. Or if it's rare that you would need it, then you would have to actually go find it. Again, what I want to illustrate is either way you got to do the work. So where we got to this with this, this, this kid was clearly if everything's dumped in a basket, it's going to be wrinkled. And we started talking about that a little bit. And, uh, he really got to the point in time, well, you know, my shirt's iron on a date and stuff like that, and, you know, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, what, what's funny is he began to realize is is um, when he would go on a date, if he really wanted to wear an iron shirt, he would iron it when he went on the date. At the point of performance with the shirt that he was motivated to do it. If he didn't, he wasn't even motivated to do it. So it was, as we began to describe is, number one, he had a very efficient strategy system when his mom did it. When we started pulling the thing over, he eliminated all the work because he only ironed the stuff or did the stuff on the ones that he, that he needed to do. And the other thing about it is, is all the clothes at least were picked up. He knew where his shirts were, they were all in one bin, his socks were in another bin. Again, that might sound a little bit strange, but um, we just mapped out the existing organizational system. We addressed what was there, and we made a couple uh, little adjustments with regard to the baskets. And uh, last I spoke, it was still working for him. Okay. Hopefully you're starting to understand how this works a little bit. you got to kind of watch what's going on. So next, um, actually, let's do a time management. I told this story before, but actually had a psychiatrist one time that um, I went in coaching on uh, – he was always late. And I want to shortcut this. Literally, I had to ask him questions for about uh, five, seven minutes really to find some things out. And towards the end, I get to the end. I said, so I want to confirm that you are 10 to 15 minutes late. 98 to 99% of the time. He said, yeah. I said, well, what's your system? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, if you're consistently that late, you must have a system. He said, I don't know. I guess I just don't like to be bored. There you go. That's the answer. There's no time management system in the world that's going to address the boredom issue. Once we mapped out his current system, and that is he's always late for 10 to 15 minutes because he doesn't like to be bored, what looked like a time management problem, all of a sudden turned into a flawless time management problem. At issue was boredom. We either were going to coach on that to deal with how he was going to engage himself when he went to meetings, or I guess in with patients when the nurse was doing some other things, or uh, we were just going to continue that. Interestingly enough, he decided to continue with the exception of one meeting a month uh, where his partners all kind of got together. Again, after we mapped out the current time management system, we began to realize there was a reason and it was working for him. Now, you might be judging, yeah, but still he should be on time. Well, you know, there's really no motivation to do that. If you've got somebody with ADHD and they don't really want to do it, you can waste all kinds of spit and it's really just not going to happen. At some point in time, sometimes you just have to meet people where they are. So anyway… All right, we're going to go to a break. I'm going to come back. i are going to talk about uh, task Darwinism. It's an interesting, really, kind of concept. Um, before we go, again, our secret word tonight is uh, disorganization. I am ADHD Coach Jeff Copper. Uh, you can find more about me at digcoaching.com. And with that, uh, we're going to roll the messages, and we'll be uh, right back in a minute. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, time timer's bright red disc disappears visit timetimer.com and use the discount code atr for 15 percent off you can't go off to college with them but we can visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential you can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code edge and get a free college success guide could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Again, having a conversation about disorganization, and I was going to move on to cast Darwinism, and I will, but before we do that, I realized I needed to explain something to you. So many times people have different styles, and so I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story. I'm coaching somebody with ADHD who um, came to me supposedly disorganized, and we began to map out their current system, and we began to realize that they're very visual, and they left a lot of stuff that was reminders. But the fact of the matter is this person lived with somebody who had been in the military, and um, having an item out represented mental clutter. It it made it difficult for them to think, so everything needed to be kind of put away. So the person I'm coaching um, has an office, and with that it's easy. We just shut the door uh, so that nobody can see the visual – the ugly visual organizational system. But uh, it was fine because it was all point of performance when that person was there. However, um, the kitchen was an interesting place because there's an island. And um, there was a lot of stuff that was out related to school. School is a very dynamic thing when you have kids in middle school and high school. It's changing all the time when they're coming and going, updates on projects in school and stuff like that. And point of performance meant that the reminders and that stuff needed to be in a place where it was common, i.e., the kitchen island. Now, that created a problem. Uh, we began to realize that uh, it was there for a reason uh, because that's where um, this person spent most of the time and that's where the stuff was. And so that was actually work area. Um, the, the partner, the significant other, though, it had a problem because they're in conflict. It's a visual clutter. That person would have a hard time relaxing with all that stuff. It would make them feel like there was stuff that needs to get done. And so in this moment, uh, well, by the way, first of all, one of the unfortunate parts about these types of things is when there is a style difference and somebody has a diagnosis, everything seems to be your problem, um, which really kind of isn't uh, in this situation. You just have two brains that think and see things differently. So it was kind of funny because we were, we were kind of talking about it, and I was actually saying, well, you know, by chance do you have an inbox or something like that? And when, while I was coaching the person, I could hear all this noise. I said, what are you doing? So I'm in the closet. I think I got an inbox, and sure enough, there was one. And what we did is we put all the stuff in the inbox on the on the island Um, the the interesting part of the story is it wasn't all laid out so there was a little bit of an issue with it but basically all we did is we made it look like it was supposed to be there and that made it easier for the two styles to kind of coexist Um, so again what was described as disorganization all over the place was in there for a reason Uh, oh one other story I want to explain to you as I'm coaching A a woman recently – and it was really kind of funny because we were kind of mapping out her current system, and she had makeup all over the car. And as we began to map these things out, she began to to understand the makeup was in the car because that's where she put the makeup on. She would get up in the morning, and she would go to work, and she invariably was late or whatever, and all the makeup was in the car because that's where she put it on. So what we did is we focused in on what we were going to do to make it look like it was supposed to be in the car and make it pretty. Um, Again, it was organized. That's where it was. We could change it all day. All we think we should, all day long, but it's all going to end up back in the car. So ideas in that situation work with it. So, wow, time's flying. So let's talk about task Darwinism. Um, this is one of those things that I need you to kind of give this to me a little bit here and understand is that you have priorities. Some things are really important priorities. Some things are smaller priorities. Uh, but we do know this. Those with ADHD, um, they're more apt to do something if they have everything they need at point of performance. So, for example, if you've got a Mother's Day card, and you're at your desk, and the address is top of mind, and stamps are right there, and the, uh, the mailbox is not like an apartment complex where you've got to walk across the thing. Maybe you just drop it into a, a slot. Um, from, I have a mailbox, by the way, that I can walk in my garage, and I can just stick it through the slot. Um, everything is real simple. Uh, if everything is in that one place, a ten- person with ADAC will have a tendency or higher probability to execute it. Um, if they have the card in one place um, and there's no stamp and the mailbox is at an apartment complex where they've got to go somewhere or like my mother lives in a in the villages in Florida, you've got to take a golf cart down to your, your mailbox. That becomes things that get in your way to inhibit your ability to get that particular task done. So one of the things that we have to remember is that from an efficiency perspective, when you have everything in front of you to execute a task, it really makes more sense to do the mother's card at that point in time as opposed to do it at a time where you've got to go all over the place. So work with me here. Imagine that you have something that you need to do that's really important. Let's say top five things that are really important that you need to do, maybe uh, write a paper or do your taxes or you know whatever it is. But so let's say item number 40 is a relatively small task um, that you that needs to get done. And you've got to you're headed back to the house um, from a part of town that you're not usually at. And uh, you need to get back because you need to do this priority. And all of a sudden you pass by a store or something and you're looking over going, hmm, I've got something that I need to get done. Maybe I to turn something or I need to grab something. But that task or that item is like number 40 on your list. Well, wait a second. It's all point of performance. It's right in front of you right now. It would take you maybe five minutes to run into the store and get whatever you need to get and then jump into the car and go back to hit back to that major project. Let's say you did it. Well, you got that task done. So you got something done and you went back and uh, you have five minutes left to work on the project, which can mount up if there's a lot of these things. Let's say that you bypass it and you go back to work on that project. Well, at some point in time, you got to get to task number 40. So now what was going to take you five minutes might take you 35 minutes because it's a 15-minute drive towards a direction from your house that you don't normally go in. 15 minutes there, 15 minutes back, five minutes in the store. So that task that was number 40 on the list, you're weighing the cost of I can do it in five minutes or I can do it in 35 minutes. Now, which is more efficient? Hmm, seems like five minutes is a legitimate reason why you should do it at that point in time. So hopefully you're starting to understand that there's some dynamics that are associated with tasks that will, will dictate why you might do something much further down the list than what's on the top of your list because it's easier and more efficient to do it at that point in time. Another thing that's really important that I've learned over the years when it comes to procrastination, ambiguity is the root of about 70%. of of procrastination so often these big important things that you need to do you sit down to go do them and sometimes you don't everything at point of performance uh like maybe do your taxes and you're missing some paperwork Uh, how can you do your taxes if you've got all your w-2s and half of your 1099s well you got to stop and go get them maybe it's inconvenient or whatever but the idea here really is is you sit down and you start take a look at the tasks that you actually do, if you begin to witness those tasks that you actually do, you might be you might be surprised to find out it's amazingly efficient, um, the reason you're doing it at that point in time, because everything kind of comes together, which would explain it. Now, <clears throat> most of you are listening to the show because you're disorganized, and A, you either have a thought in your mind that you should be doing something else, or while you're doing that, it's a little bit inefficient. I will grant you that. But the idea is the more you begin to map out and look at why you do what you do when you do it um, and why you're executing that, and you begin to say, hmm, how can I make things point of performance? Or how can I do this in a more functional way? And that type of stuff, you can begin to map out uh, ways that you can make slight adjustments in your existing organizational system to move you forward. Remember, well, I did a show a long time ago about mindfulness. Um, Polled all the experts, and everybody agreed that mindfulness exercises and meditation are very, very helpful for people with ADHD. We also, they also agreed almost unanimously that it was more difficult for people to do mindfulness and meditation because it was very effortful because your mind's all over the place. Did an interview with Dr. Barkley about the, the brain as a two level system the automatic brain and the thinking brain. And if you're going to reprogram a habit, it takes a lot of self-regulation to keep stopping and keep thinking about the new way to do it. And what happens is it slows you down substantially, number one. Number two, it's very, very frustrated. And if there's pressure on, you usually revert back to the old system because under pressure, it's a little bit more productive. And then you find yourself never making that leap over because it's difficult for you to build uh, new habits and new routines. We all agree that they're good, but they're very, very difficult. So the idea here really is if you focus on your existing system and try to witness it and tweak it, you might be a little bit more successful here. So I need to start pulling this thing together. Some of you might have come thinking, hey, Jeff's going to give me some tips and tricks and some stuff like that, and I would love to do that for you. But I have learned over the years it's really all about problem-solving. And if you begin to sit there, and what are the roots of certain things with ADHD? Well, it's a self-regulation issue with a working memory deficit. And if you start to look at those things, you start to realize is that leaving things out as a reminder is less taxing on your working memory, which is why you do it. You have a tendency to stick it where you use it. Okay, that's point of performance. Uh, You might actually find that a lot of times um, when you're running out of the house, you're not getting out of the house because you'll see something. Oh, my God, there's the cat. That reminds me. I've got to feed the cat. Hey, I'm here. The cat needs to be fed. There's the food. So you do that instead of getting out of the house because you don't want the poor cat to starve. You begin to realize that's an organizational system as you're waiting to see it um, in a time that you need to do something about it, which is the reason that you do it. Um, The more you witness that and acknowledge that and say, hmm, how can I do this a little bit differently – rearrange the world, put the visual problems in a way at different times, you might find yourself a little bit more successful. So I hope I didn't frustrate you very much, but I have to tell you, I have found so much success working with people by not saying they're disorganized, but being curious about what their existing organizational system is, and then problem solving for that. So whether your mother's putting your clothes away for you or your significant other or whatever, once you understand that that's your system, if you want to do something else, you can begin to problem solve. So anyway... What I really hope is that tonight's show uh, gave you pause to think, um, to pay attention to things differently, and uh, help you realize that often the reason the things in the books aren't working is because you can rearrange the dining room table all you want, but if you you use it as a sorting table, it's going to go right back to the way it is. You can put every timing system in place that you want, but if you're late because you don't want to be bored, I don't think that you're going to have an impact on it. You can sit there all day long and say, you should do what's really important, but you might find a lot of times you're doing things at point of performance because it only take you five minutes of uh, 35 minutes, and in that moment, there's actually a level of efficiency to that. Again, the more you identify that and you, you embrace it, you're in a much better position to make some adjustments for there. So we hope that uh, I've inspired your thought and your creativity. Um, <clears throat> with that, our secret word tonight is disorganization. We hope you found some value in the show. Catch us next week, another edition of Tension Talk Radio. Take care.